0: What is up ladies and gents, welcome to another episode on the Asia Tech Room where it is our job to deconstruct, uncover and discuss the disruptive technologies shaping Asia tomorrow. I'm Ayman, a guest host and a fellow analyst from TwinBit and I have here with our very own crypto junkie, William, who has been a longtime researcher and enthusiast in the world of blockchain, crypto and NFTs. William has written several crypto articles on LinkedIn to share his passion for research in this space and also been invited to host panel discussions with local experts in Malaysia. He considers himself a DGEN, spending hours in NFT Discord groups and has some skimmed the game through his altcoin and NFT holdings. So in today's episode, we want to talk to you about NFTs. There's certainly a lot of hype around this technology, even the word NFT itself was awarded the word of the year in 2021. So it's crazy. So with all this hype, there's certainly a fair amount of misconceptions around this technology. That's where we want to come in to help you understand uh, where we are right now with NFTs, what to get excited about, and I think equally important, what to be wary of at the same time. So for context, we'll start the conversation by defining NFTs, understanding what makes an NFTs, and We'll also discuss how the technology behind it, blockchain has made this all possible. We then continue with some of the top applications of NFTs in the market today, some use cases, and discuss how you can approach NFT, either as a business or as a user. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, William. I am super stoked to get this conversation going with you. I remember about you writing about cryptos and NFTs earlier this year, but it just didn't click to me how revolutionary this technology was. And for myself, I found it to be quite an aha moment for myself, you know, after finally understanding the broad applications and implications of this technology. So to get started, why don't you tell us, you know, what exactly is an NFT?
1: Thank you, Ayman. It's a pleasure for me to be a co-host with you on this. Um, I think before we dive into what an NFT is, we need to understand the concept behind what makes an NFT. We won't be able to imagine what non-fungible in NFT stands for. So take Bitcoin, for example. If both of us buy one unit of Bitcoin, you know both our holdings are quite interchangeable. My Bitcoin is the same as your Bitcoin. Just like how we have our physical money. I can exchange a 50 ringgit note for your 50 ringgit note and there would be no lost in value. You and I would have exactly the same thing. That is generally what fungible means. But for non fungibility, it is quite different. NFTs cannot be directly exchanged with one another and are therefore known as fun- non fungible tokens, NFTs. Now they're mainly a special token generated through a cryptographic hashing method and uses the blockchain technology to link with a unique digital asset that cannot be replicated. Think of it as a receipt for owning a digital asset. Yes, items on the internet are easily replicated, but you can definitely go onto my OpenSea account, hit right-click, and save the image. OpenSea is the largest NFT marketplace, by the way, where people buy and sell their NFTs. Just like an art gallery where anyone can buy a Monet painting, but only one can own the original. So that is why NFTs are on fire and because they actually prove actual ownership of these assets. Thank you, William. So like,
0: just to be clear with all our listeners, uh, in essence, non-fungible means that a specific token is unique and it can't be directly traded with another. And with the help of blockchain, we can finally trace the place of origin of the content. allowing us to credit
1: and authenticate the original creator, right? So each NFT contains smart contracts, which are basically computer codes that help store unique and exclusive data that helps identify itself from the others. It is not possible to then send non-fungible tokens in smaller denominations, like what you can with other cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. So, it's not possible to send a portion of the value of an NFT to another person. But we have started to see you know, fractionalized NFTs coming into play, but let's leave that for another session. So, NFTs generally are just digital assets with a unique signature to represent ownership. So, most NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain, but you also see it on other blockchains like Solana and Cardano. An important fact to note is that NFTs are purchased with cryptocurrencies like Ethereum that fluctuate on a daily basis. So you buy, you know, digital assets with digital money, if you will. I've said i said this before. There are no two NFTs that are identical. You know, even though they exist on the same platform, game or collection. Take trading cards for example. So for NFTs, you basically trade trading cards, um, but in a digital form. You know, imagine opening a pack of cards. You get to keep the cards, sell them, transfer them to your friends, or even destroy them if you wanted to. So, NFTs are digital collectibles, if you will. But I also have to point out that NFTs are not just limited to these trading cards, but you can also include other forms of collectibles. It can be a piece of art, a drawing, a meme, music, pieces of text, you know, tweets, videos, anything you can think of. So basically, almost any item or digital file you have interacted with before on the internet can be an NFT. So for what it actually looks like, you know, it could be a JPEG, a GIF, a PNG, a screenshot, you know, everything that lives on the internet. Literally anything can be sold just like a physical asset. You know, an example could be, you know, Jack Dorsey, the the founder of Twitter, even sold his first tweet for around 2.5 million US dollars. We um, use the platform called Valuables that lets you, you know, turn your tweets into NFTs.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you mentioned, you know, like Jack Dorsey selling for 2.5 million. I think the I remember getting quite, you know, blown away by cryptopunk selling for roughly 10 million. And that's what caught my attention, you know, because the numbers around these things are just crazy. But it goes to show that, you know, there's this social value in those items and making them ownable, would open up so many opportunities. And one thing that I want to really explore with you is this, that you mentioned, digital ownership. So I think that's a very key concept around this technology, the fact that we can now own digital assets. And because a lot of times when we post something on Instagram, Facebook, or even YouTube, they give us us an illusion that we actually own them. But in actuality, we exchange our ownership for their services, right? They decide on how to, distribute, monetize, and unfortunately, if they decide to get rid of your content, you know, you might not have a say in it. So I think on your side, would you mind like explaining to us, you know, why exactly digital ownership is important? You know, you know, I, I can imagine some listeners maybe getting a bit confused with the significance of owning a specific content like a JPEG. Like why would anybody pay, you know, 2.5 million for something? So why don't you like fill us in Uh, you know, why would people want to own an NFT or even create one and participate in this economy?
1: To answer that question of why would people want to own an NFT, I think first thing we have to look at the value of an NFT, right? It must be said that the price of an NFT is of course determined by how much another person would pay for it. So I'll give you an an analogy of sneaker reselling. Um, There are a lot of sneakers out there, but Value of these sneakers differ from one to another. Um, you have sneakers that go for a thousand dollars; another sneaker would go for, you know, two hundred dollars. There's a very big difference in in the value, and the value comes from, I think, first thing is to represent some kind of a social status. In modern generation, we call it, you know, a, a form of flexing. Take a real life um, Rolex watch, if you will. Um, people buy Rolex. Not only for its utility, but also as something to represent um, their wealth, or to show that you know they have accumulated a certain kind of wealth to be able to afford these kind of items. It's exactly the same with NFTs. Take a board ape, if you will. These cost. These can cost up to a million, a million dollars. So, if you have a picture of an ape, it's most likely that you you have made it, or you you're up there in in the ladder of of social hierarchy.
0: Yeah, I I think to just continue on your point on like social hierarchy, I think human beings are essentially social animals and to a certain extent, we are driven by social status. And I can actually argue that whatever we do is an expression of what we value. And I think NFTs are incredible at showcasing what we value. You know, I think... You know, when a user buys an NFT, it's not so much to limit access to it. I think that's one important thing to understand. But it's more so to be known as the owner of the content, right? And there's value in that. It's the same thing as, for example, you owning a piece of artifact from the great civilizations of the past. You know, People recognize the rich history in those assets the same way how NFTs right now can create digital artifacts. You know, imagine the value from being one of the first owners of this up-and-coming up up and coming technology, right? And to give you an example, you know, when you look at crypto punks, a lot of these owners own for the sake of being part of the community. And some of them have infamously refused to sell even for a couple of millions or millions of dollars. So it goes to show that NFTs is not all for the financial gains. And just the last point that yeah, I wanted to give our listeners to that. NFTs actually give fans and creators the direct avenue to showcase their support to their creators. Now, in terms of digital art, there's no need for an auction or a gallery. You can have that direct access to the artists with the help of NFTs. And I feel that it's a wonderful situation to have between the patrons and also the the uh, creators. And um, I think it's going to be an interesting next decade for us, you know, I, I hope it clears the confusion on some of the common misconceptions that people might have around why NFTs are so valuable. But just to get more clear on the use cases of NFTs, you know, it's not only limited to digital assets, right? I think this is an area where many early readers into this topic might get a little bit confused. You know, they might have the misconception that NFTs can rarely or never even have any real-life implications. So could you just explain to us briefly how can an NFT actually represent a
1: physical asset as well? Um, great question. Um, NFTs are not just limited to the digital world. Um, the whole idea behind NFTs come from the digital signature of ownership. It's because NFTs are actually based on one of the token standards known as ERC-721. Um, this standard was introduced to kind of distinguish the unique value Differentiation from one token to the other. So the difference could come um, because of its age, its rarity, or even visuals. And yes, today, today's NFTs very much depend on, on how it looks like. Um, for those that are listening that are more into you know, the technicalities, this standard provides sort of functionalities such as being able to transfer you know, tokens from one wallet to another, um, get the current token balance from an account check the total supply of the token available on the network, and get the owner of the specific token. So besides this, other functionalities, for example, can include those to approve the amount of token from an account that can be moved by a third-party account. So transfer these rules into the real world, if you will. Um, you have distinct value behind the ownership of a physical good. So NFTs are being experimented quite a bit with real-world assets. Um, a very common example is in the real estate industry. As we know, the real estate industry is quite you know, lacking in terms of innovation and they're running on very old, very legacy sort of operations with you know, land needs still being recorded on paper. So if you remember the last scene from, from Money Heist when um, Sierra wanted to look for a land purchase, she had to get the land officer to search through traditional records stored in physical files. So imagine the labor cost if inefficiency of this sort of searching and browsing work on a larger scale. Now, with NFTs and blockchain applied to this industry, it will become much easier to track, manage, and browse through any real estate property selling. You know, tokenizing everything you see from sales to contracts to payments to property rights, deeds, and many others. You can even imagine buying a house that is represented as an NFT. So the property is minted and therefore it will be put on the blockchain, You know, inclusive of all the descriptive details, legal details that are related to, to said property.
0: That's interesting. I think what William just touched on was on how an NFT can be quite expandable when it comes to designing it with um, smart contracts. So uh, when you attach, you know, th- th- is, that means, you know, with smart contracts, you can attach, you know, several conditions to the NFT. And these are basically lines of code that is programmed to run according to the logic that is attached to, to that particular NFT. And what's amazing about this is that you no longer need to depend on a third party or an intermediary to mediate this transaction. So it's just basically code. And
1: I believe this is the case as well in your, in your example. Yeah. So I talked about. Buying a house that is represented as an NFT. So smart contracts behind the NFT, you know, can contain videos, images, reports, you know, disclosure or any paperwork that is related to that property itself. So the NFT becomes sort of your proof of ownership of the house, just like a deed in the physical world. Um, legally, whoever is you know the owner of the NFT or the wallet that holds the NFT basically owns the property, and you know that sort of take cares of the ownership of the house. Become becomes so much easier to store and even manage um, the paperwork related to these, to these properties. Another example would be in the secondary property market. So NFTs can be placed on um, these NFT marketplaces where buyers can browse through and select specific NFTs that they want to buy. So if you put a property that is represented as an NFT, meaning buyers can browse and you know, they can just buy properties and pay for these properties on these marketplaces through cryptocurrency of sorts. Once, you know, conditions are met, once payments go through, NFTs are directly transferred to the digital wallet, meaning the buyers will get immediate access to the land deeds that represent the ownership of these houses. Throughout this process, no physical third party is going to be involved to facilitate, you know, the long, tedious processes of buying a property. Um, I recently came across this very interesting company in Spain called Omni Estate Group. You know, they've been working in this space on how to bring the property market onto the blockchain. They even have a sort of real estate marketplace that utilizes the concept that I talked about earlier, allowing companies to buy and rent real estate through crypto. You know, these payments within the portal um, are done through cryptocurrencies. And their platform even have you know passive income opportunities where real estate owners can place their assets on the marketplace to earn tokens that represent their house purchase agreements. You know notary agreements are all attached to these NFT smart contracts. Pretty cool, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, abs- absolutely. And then I think it's quite a surprise for me that we still depend on those physical paperwork for handling those documents and not to mention the new economic activities that can be created through these mechanisms. And specifically for me, I I found NFTs, you know, what was interesting about it for me was the smart contracts and how nimble it can be and how programmable it can be to fit, you know, your use cases. So according to your example, you know NFTs goes way beyond providing proof of ownership. So I think is there anything else uh, you know, uh, that interests you in terms of the use
1: cases of NFTs? I think another interesting example is the DJ, Steve Ayoki, is working on a TV series based on characters um, from an NFT drop. You know, they're characters from the project called Dominion X. Um, another show being produced actually is based off this project called Stoner Cats featuring Mila Kunis and Chris Rock which uses NFTs sort of as a ticketing system. So, meaning only owners of these NFTs are permitted to watch this series. So, there are many crazy and futuristic fields of use, if you will, uh, surrounding NFTs and the concepts of um, unique digital ownership. Yeah,
0: I certainly agree. I mean, just to think about the many use cases, you know, it can be quite good, confusing you know, at the start or complicated, but Once you get into it, I think the concept is fairly easy to understand. So that is certainly a, a lot to pack and I hope our listeners share our enthusiasm on how impactful this technology can be considering the broad applications. And I personally won't be surprised if we see it going mainstream within the next five to seven years, you know, and just to give our, you guys a picture of this growth, the third quarter of 2021 alone saw 10 billion in NFT trade volume across blockchains. That's a substantial increase from only 1.2 billion in the past quarter. So I think to wrap it up, I, I think the two of us would want to give you guys some pointers on how you, as a listener or a business, can actually approach NFTs in the future. You know, how can you participate in this economy?
1: I think we can look at this from two perspectives. Um, one as an individual creator, and the other from as an enterprise. You know, for creators, this is essentially what I think is a golden generation. I think especially today, when you see the rise of influencers, um, YouTubers, filmmakers, creators run a social network economy, but are not appropriately rewarded for their contribution especially on these giant social media platforms now with nfts finally there is sort of a reward mechanism that is you know can fairly represent your your content or your asset so it's important for creators to understand the basics of of cryptocurrencies and the steps involved to create um, a wallet to start off with the most common is of course to use metamask which is a popular browser extension to set up your crypto wallet. And it helps you set up your public address, which allows the network to sort of view your assets and private keys that are needed for authenticating transactions. You can think of it as a public Instagram account where you can view other portfolios or profiles, but only you have access to manipulate your own portfolio. Um, Instead of using the the usual email or passwords for authentication, um, the blockchain network in this case um, does so by using private keys. For enterprises, um, you might be a business owner and you might be thinking, how can a collective organization or an enterprise participate in this creator-centric economy? Now, for our discussion, I believe it's important for businesses to not only limit their view on the current use cases like the ones discussed earlier on digital art. But those use cases are given because it's easily relatable, but in actuality, NFT use cases can go way beyond like how we presented in the real estate example. So here's how we can think of it. You know, NFTs can offer enterprises as a way to tokenize your assets, allow them to sort of interact with the communities and consumers in really exciting ways. Um, for example, business owners can issue, you know, new subscription models and memberships with a way to verify um, these NFT tokens without the use of a third party. Let me share a few examples, you know, top companies like Nike's have adopted the concept of NFTs by introducing what they have patented as crypto kicks, you know, it's essentially a technology that is used for counterfeiting footwear using the blockchain. Shoe enthusiasts, you know, who buy these NFT kicks purchase the physical shoes, but also get access to the NFT form of the shoes. With these NFTs, users can then verify the origins of these shoes. and. Be able to customize these shoes and produce, you know, a real life shoe product. Another really interesting example in the ticketing industry is how the involvement of scalpers have really, you know, made the whole experience really unbearable. Um, Scalpers, I mean, the people who go online and buy tickets in bulk and sell them to, you know, audience at, at a really high rate. This mere action causes high doubts or questions regarding the authenticity of the, of the ticket. You know, the only way audiences can verify the tickets genuinely is, you know, by reaching out to the concert organi- organization or the event organizers directly. You know, it's just very inconvenient for, for audiences to do this, you know, to, to kind of mitigate this challenge, introducing NFTs into this industry can help audiences verify the authenticity of their ticket and eliminate sort of the inconvenience caused by these scalpers. Um, a very interesting sort of example for this is um, sports tickets that are being turned into digital collectibles. These are what we call moments from the NBA Top Shot platform. You know, moments are just video clips of players, you know, making moves um, in one of the NBA, NBA games. Imagine a clip of LeBron James shooting a buzzer beater, or even Steph Curry scoring his 1,000th career three-pointer. Let me kind of justify the purchase of these GIFs, if you will. Top Shot is becoming the currency of the NBA fan. The utility behind it is that the holders of these clips have been allowed to or invited to special access for these NBA games. For example, eight lucky people who held Top Shot moments were invited to Phoenix to experience Game 5 of the NBA Finals live from a suit with NBA legends. And another batch of owners were selected to have dinner with NBA prospects and attend the 2021 NBA Draft in Top Shot. So it's just crazy to imagine that you'd be getting an exclusive flight ticket to fly all the way to the US to watch an NBA game just because you were an owner of one of these shifts so it's just a whole new experience and an exciting way for businesses to sort of interact with the community of viewers yes thank you william i think what you said
0: about in- interacting with your community i think that's a very important uh, point to point out and like to any user, uh, listeners out there who might still question the real life implications you know all these examples point that, you know, NFTs goes way beyond what we see on the digital, digital world. Like, for example, the fans who got to experience the NBA, NBA games, you know, these are just new, absolutely new ways to, you know, have this community engagement in which, you know, it wasn't even possible in, in the past, right? But, you know, there's certainly downsides to this, you know, in terms of how early we are in the market. So, but all these examples, they, they sound great, you know, with great reason. You know, because it creates a whole new realm of economic activities, but these technologies are still experimental. So we have to be wary not to get too carried away, you know, too quick or too rash in our decisions to enter the NFT marketplace. You know, the growth seems definite, but as we are in the development stage, there's certainly inherent risks we need to be wary of. You know, instances such as smart contract risk are there and. You know, we're still working on how to secure all of this so that we can get to a more mainstream adoption. And also not to mention the volatility that comes with this industry. So yes, I think there's a lot to be excited about, but be smart. Don't rush into this industry because you're still very early. And if you're worried about you missing out, you know, you shouldn't, you know, this is not even the start of everything. But thank you, William. I want to say a big thank you for William for coming on to give us your insights. He's uh, certainly somebody who is well versed in this area, and we hope to speak to you again. Do uh, catch up on our episode on Asia Tech room and thank you very much for listening.
2: Hi everyone, it's me Jesse. I just want to quickly hop in and give a big shout out to Ayman for taking over Asia Tech Room this week. And also a big thank you to William for coming on board, sharing his knowledge on blockchain, crypto, and NFT. Um, I truly enjoyed today's episode and I hope that you know you as a listener um, did too. And if you guys want to hear more about blockchain, NFT, and also crypto, remember to let us know. Um, and also if you want to read more of you know, what William has written um, about this technology, please hop on to twimit.com. He's been sharing a lot uh, on the platform and, you know, more to come from his site as well. So remember to tune in for next week. Um, Siumen and I will be back for your next insights. Um, And always remember if you have any thoughts, if you have any feedbacks or anything that you'd like us to cover for the future episodes, please do reach out. Please let us know. We can be found on LinkedIn. We can be, you know, you can always email us as well. So, thank you. Um, And that's Asia Tech Room for this week. See you guys next week.